Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Twenty-one. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man and a beast, the four-footed beast, and a birds, and four-footed beast, and creeping things. All right, let's pray, and then we will dive in, make some comments on the text. Heavenly Father, thank you. We can open your word freely. Lord, I need your help. We all need your help. Be with us. We can glean some truth in your word. Be better for it. We pray that your saints are edified by the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. The human race, despite popular belief, is so far from God. We're so far removed from God. We're in a downward spiral away from God. And we are always, mankind has always been and will always be bent toward unbelief rather than belief. Uh, It's not an upward turning your eyes upon Jesus. That's not natural of man. It's not looking full in his wonderful place. Uh, But it is ironic. It's actually rather telling biblically that the fall of man involves man making a profession. Man loves making professions. And you know what he professes in verse number two? Professing themselves to be wise. That's who they, who do they profess? Themselves. They don't profess God. They profess themselves. Pride. Pride is the root sin of, of almost everything. And what do they profess? Wisdom. They profess themselves to be wise. Nowadays, in the world of trigger warnings and, and, and all of this, you know, people get shocked at reading God's word or at a preacher of God's word or a gospel uh, evangelist that would tell them what God's word says, because this world expects every day to be a Friday. They expect everything to be about cupcakes and rainbows. And when they and when they hear something shocking, they think that it's a trigger warning to them. They need to get to a safe place. Why? Because. They want to be the ones professing themselves. They don't want anybody getting in, 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 in ruining their, their party. And I am, just like you are, we're, we're all for Christian hospitality. We're all for Christian graces. We're all for good old-fashioned manners. We're all for that. But God says these strong things in Romans chapter 1 because he cares. And because he doesn't want man to continue falling and continuing in that inclination downward. <laughs> Our inclination isn't upward. It isn't good. It's always been bad. It's always been down. This is why we have preaching of the word of God. We don't have pep talks. And I'm not going to sit on a stool. And I'm not going to have a pair of skinny rip jeans and moose in my hair. And I'm not trying to make everything seem cool as a way of attracting men 
with those types of things? Well, because that's what the culture can relate to. No, this is preaching. This is teaching the word of God. This isn't some rally pep talk. This isn't a clown show. We're not here to entertain people in the sense that we just want their ears to be itched and we want them to feel good. God has some important things to say about man, and he's not good. It doesn't make God mean, and it doesn't make you mean, it doesn't make me mean. It makes us biblical. Because we have to come to the realization that we're spiraling downward. That's why we evangelize. The first time, well, we go back to Genesis chapter 3, we'll see the first foolish professor. Genesis chapter number 3. Genesis chapter number 3, you're all familiar with this. Verse 1, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God made, said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said to the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, the tree to be desired to make one wise. She took the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Do you know what she was offered? Wisdom. She could profess to be wise. She was offered wisdom in the garden. And it was a foolish decision. Because we all know what happened. The whole world plummeted into sin. And we are in Adam all die. And this is why we need to get people in Jesus Christ so they can be made alive. But we already remember we talked about creation and all of its beauty and majesty. And isn't it great? We can look out and see all of that. Just go back for a minute to Genesis 3. Adam and Eve in the garden, they couldn't have gotten any closer to God. They're in the midst of a created garden for them. Beautiful. And not only does Adam get a garden, Adam can dress the garden. Adam can keep the garden. Adam can eat up all the trees. Adam, Adam has this made, if you will, for him and his wife. You want to talk about good, good old-fashioned country living. It doesn't get any better than that. And God even gives him a girlfriend. He even gives him a wife. He says, here, you don't even have to work for it, impress her, try to fight. He, he just brings her right to Adam. He had everything, everything that he wanted. He can go hunting, he can go fishing, he can go, well, I don't know if he was hunting, fishing, I don't know if he death and all that, but Adam had it made is the point I'm trying to make. And you know why we're in the mess we're in? Because of Genesis chapter 3. That's why we are in the mess that we're in. Go back to Romans 1. This entire world system is man professing himself to be wise. He that believeth on him is not content, but he that believeth not is condemned already 
because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. In Romans chapter number one, let's read a few more verses, get some context of this point. Watch, we, we, we read verse 23. Let's pick up at verse 24. The Bible says, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. That's the reason why we have a save the trees and save the whales and save the manatees and global warming and all of that that goes on with it because man wants to worship. And man wants to say, you're bad if you don't worship the trees like I worship the trees. We harvest trees. We want to be good stewards of what God gave us. We, 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 we fell the tree, we limb the tree, we, we cut it down into uh, 20 inch pieces, we put it on our log splitter, we split it, and then we put it in the firewood to, to heat the house. You say, why would you go through all that work? I don't know, I'm asking myself the same question. <laughs> why not just put a propane tank in there and be done with it? I don't know. But look, I want to be a good steward of what God has given me. But I am not worshiping what God has given me. I am worshiping God. And God wants us to worship him. Not the created things. Does that make sense? This is why we don't get mixed up in all of these save the planet stuff. It's all humanistic, evolutionary, God-hating people that want to feel good about themselves. See, I'm doing something good for humanity. No, you're not. You're doing something good. So that you don't have to deal with the fact that there's a creator that you're denying. <clears throat> he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. And watch what it says. For this cause... Verse 26, Romans 1, 26. For this cause, God gave them up. I'm going to stop there. I know it's not a period, but I'm going to stop there because this entire world system, God has given up. There is nothing good that will come out of it. He that believeth on him. He that believeth on the son. Man wants to profess himself. He doesn't want to believe in the son. And that's the problem that mankind has. And just like Adam and Eve. They see the creative majestic work of God. They're in the midst of the garden. And nobody can blame heavy metal music, rock music, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, all, and all, whatever the groups are nowadays that people listen to. They couldn't point the blame and say, well, it was all of that horrible music. Because it was beautiful, harmonious music made by birds that God created. Nobody could say, 
oh, this family did that and that family and the influence from the school. There wasn't any of that. Man looked at the beautiful creation, didn't want to give glory to God, was deceived and wanted wisdom. And we're in the mess that we're in because of that decision. They wouldn't believe what God said. Instead, they were deceived and tempted and believed what that old serpent said. It didn't change the truth of God. It's always been there. But we had a chance to declare ourselves wise. And we went for it. We need to be careful. Don't turn our back on God. It's amazing. You know, people say, oh, nice fence. Hey, who stretched your fence? That's really nice. Uh, people look at a home. Man, that, that, that's a nice home. Who, who built that home? We went to this this one venue we rent for work to, to run these tournaments. It was the Corvette Museum out in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And you go and you look at all these Corvettes, all, you know, these cars you can't afford. And you say, wow, who, what engineer, what mechanic designed these? pretty good stuff and man does this with every area of his or her life until they get the god and then they say no builder no creator nobody did this fence nobody built this car nobody says that until they get the god <laughs> they look out the creation that nah, could be a god there's no creator in that it's just evolutionary chance processes and all that all the rest of that fooey. Um, Ladies go to these, my, my wife likes these botanical gardens, you know, you go and you see all these you know, gardens and flowers and all that stuff all over the place. And every one of them has a master garden. Oh, who is the master gardener? Except when man, lost man comes to God and they don't want to acknowledge a master gardener. They completely change their philosophy. They completely change their worldview. Why? Because they want to profess themselves to be wise. And God's going to get in their way. And they don't want to give claim to the creator. They'd rather just worship the creation. Foolish professor number two. You know, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Foolish. The foolish professor number two we're going to talk about is the God-denying, atheistic school teacher or college professor that wants to teach your children and us that there is no God. It's a sad day that we live in. Sigmund Freud, he called religion an illusion. He said, it's a childhood, it's a childhood neurosis. In other words, don't pray with your kids. Don't do family devotions with them. God's nothing. The only reason Sigmund Freud said is man needs to feel secure and, and absolve himself of any guilt. They need a father figure. That was Sigmund Freud that all the kiddies learn about in one way or another through either his teachings or his protégés or those who take that worldview. The sad thing is God's word could have delivered him from pagans this paganistic pit that he's in but sadly he wanted to profess himself to be wise 
And as a result, he became a fool. And he chose to, what the Bible says, despise wisdom. Proverbs 15.33 says, The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Another foolish professor, Abraham Maslow. He said, you don't need God. He was the guy that made the pyramid. And he said, you, you'll have, here's what man needs. He has psychological needs. And those were all the bottom of the pyramid. And then man has safety needs. And then on top of that, man has a need to belong and a need to be loved. And then on top of that, it was esteem needs. Man needs confidence and achievement and self-esteem. And then on the top of the pyramid, you know what it was? Man needs self-actualization. And so all these business groups got together and they bought all these Abraham Maslow, uh, you know, books and writings. And, um, and if it wasn't him, it was just a guy who read his stuff and, and retweaked it, just like the Sigmund Freud stuff. You don't need God. Here's what you need. Except ironically enough, God meets all of those needs that are mentioned and in deeper, more meaningful ways that that lost and dying world doesn't know about. Here are some of the quotes that Maslow wrote. He said, the story of the human race is the story of men and women selling themselves short. See, you need to be all you can be. You need to be the wise one. You, you, can, you can think and you can grow rich. Wherefore, as by one man centered in the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. That's what God says. He said a positive self-image and healthy self-esteem is based on approval and acceptance. Except God doesn't accept you. God doesn't accept me. He only accepts the sacrifice that was made for me. He only accepts the sacrifice that was made for you. But man wants to profess himself to be wise. He said people are not evil. Yes, they are. They are evil. <laughs> this is humanistic philosophy that creeps in with some truths doused in error. Or truths are misplaced. The whole world lieth in wickedness. That's what the Bible says. People are evil. We do what we are and we are what we do. Yeah, we sin because we're sinners. And, and we keep sinning because we're sinners. The world don't want to hear that. The problem mankind has is he can't stop sinning. And to cover that up, he just wants to profess himself. To be wise. And in doing so, they became fools. Let's go to Psalm 111, if you would. Psalm 111. Psychology, this humanistic worldview, all of this is spewed out by Freudian like professors, Maslow style gurus. And Psalm 111, verse number 10. Or no. Yes, yeah, on the last verse in Psalm 111. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
a good understanding of all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. His praise. Not the praise of man, not the wisdom that we want to profess ourselves to have. And then lastly, there's so many we can talk about, but lastly, the foolish professor, good old Charlie D. Charlie Darwin, man comes from monkey, not God. I can't think of a stupider thing to write a book about. Man evolved from slime. Okay. You're man so wants to deny God. His inclination is so far downward that you could come up with the most idiotic idea in the world and you can get people to say, oh yeah, I believe that. Do you know how idiotic it is to say that man evolved from slime? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yet mankind so wants to profess himself to be wise that he becomes a fool by coming up with these foolish ideas. We already talked about it. We don't do this in any other area of our life until we get to having to deal with God. We look at a car, we look at a building, we look at a fence, we look at a log home, we look at all of these things. The sports world, you know, great leaders are made, not born. How did you become such a great leader? Someone helped me. Someone created that. Someone developed that. It's all around us. We acknowledge and we confirm in all aspects of our life and all ways of conversing. Until we get to God and lost man says, I'm going to completely change my philosophy because I just don't want to deal with the fact that God made me and I'm accountable to him. So many people have bought into this lie of evolution that they just believe they're an animal. So they mate like animals. Because that's all they are is an animal. They act like animals. And animals do have to survive in the wilderness. So life just becomes for them. If I'm an animal, I'm just going to do what I have to do to survive. Why? It's all about me. I'm going to profess myself to be wise. And they blow it. Every single time with that type of foolish, foolish thinking. The, evolu the whole evolutionary thought process is completely anti-God. Completely anti-God. They professed themselves to be wise. They became fools. God gave this whole world system up. The only way to escape it is to put your faith and trust. Believe on the Son. The only way. All right, go back to the book of Job. We'll look at the third foolish professor. In the book of Job. The third foolish professor is. These so-called preachers and Christian ministers. That don't want to talk about. The fear of the Lord. They don't want to talk about the evil that's around. 
you can spot these these foolish professors because spirituality will be there. There'll be a spiritual element to the worship. There'll be a spiritual element to the gathering. But the spirit of God won't be there. And that's Laodicea. That's men in pulpits where they're not going to talk about Romans chapter 1 because it's too mean. They're not going to talk about sin. Job chapter 28, verse 28 says, And unto man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. They don't want to tell their people to fear God and grab wisdom that way. And to depart from evil is understanding. Every verse that we've referenced outside of Romans 1 talks about the fear of the Lord. Pastor Laodicea will consistently mark it down, consistently, always soft pedal sin. It's a mark of Laodicea. It's always going to be a soft peddling and sin and not talking about it, not making it what it is, not calling it what it is. Why? The fear of the Lord is gone. And there's an element of spirituality to it, but the spirit of God is gone. It's not there. And if we want knowledge or if we want understanding, it's to depart from evil. And if we want wisdom, it's not to profess ourselves to be wise. It starts with the fear of the Lord. And one of the best weapons that the devil have used is weak need preachers. They're career preachers. Now, not, not all of them. But I don't want to go to a seminary to get a degree so I can get a job and be a career preacher like a career politician. I don't want to be known for being a soft peddler of sin. I don't want to be known as having an element of spirituality with the spirit of God in there. We should be known by the word of God and teaching all the counsel of the word of God. And I know Romans 1 is rough. And I know Romans 2 is rough. And I know Romans 3 and rough is rough. It'll get better. We'll get the good news. But Pastor Laodicea is not going to tell you the bad news. He's going to avoid saying things, and he is going to avoid telling men and women the truth about their sin and who they are for fear of losing money or members. And that's wrong. That is wrong, and it's not scriptural. They're going to title books becoming Become a Better You, or titled Become a Better You. Except you're not going to become a better you because you're a sinner. And anything you do will just make you worse. You need the saving power of God. You can read all the Abraham Maslow books you want. It's not going to help you. Matthew 7. Here's the warning for those foolish professors. There's only... One wise God and Savior, and he's going to profess something. We'll look at it in Matthew chapter number seven, rather. And this only wise God and Savior is going to profess this. 
You all know this passage. Verse number 23, Matthew 7, verse 23. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That's what God's going to profess. We talked about this verse. We went through uh, some of our lessons on Thursday night. There's two truths here in one verse. Number one, I never knew you apparently tells us that God is so powerful he's able to limit his knowledge so he's, he doesn't know everything because there's going to some people there's going to be some people there that he's never going to know that's a powerful god i never knew you you will be erased from god's memory and he is powerful enough to be able to forget you and never deal with you again lost men and women need to deal with god now this is why the call is now. This is why the evangelistic emphasis and the heartbeat from the pulpit is now. We need to do it now because once somebody dies and passes off into eternity, there's nothing we can do. You want your friend, loved one, neighbor, co-worker to have to deal with the fact that God's not even going to know who they are? That rich man in hell doesn't have a name. And then the second truth we get from that is, well, God's everywhere, except he says, depart from me. So he can't be there because <laughs> if he says, depart from me and God shows up and he's everywhere, well, you're just going to end up where God's at. Now, it might be theological hair splitting to you, but I'm trying to make the point that the absence of God from someone's life is more severe than we make it. That, that, that We need to make it more severe than people make it. They don't think about these things. And someone passes from this life without the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a horrible, horrible thing to have to deal with. I'm saved. Praise God. I'm born again. Praise God. And if I were to die today, I get to go be with the Lord forever. Now, I don't want to go to heaven now, <laughs> but I do want to go. <laughs> And I'm sure you would say the same thing, but I'm telling you, I know we think that way because we, we, we desire our life here. I know we thank God for it. What I'm saying is, we don't, this verse is of no concern for the saved, born again child of God. It's got, our name is written, and it's not blotted out. It's written. We get to be with the Lord and praise Him for it. Young people, don't wait. Don't wait. The trick of the devil is to tell you, you're all right, your daddy's a Christian. You're all right, your mama's a Christian. You're all right, you go to church. That's a trick from the devil. You need to trust in the Lord. You need to know that you can get caught in growing up, professing yourself to be wise, and you'll become a fool. Because you won't acknowledge God. You won't be thankful to God. And you get old enough. You get wise enough. You know right from wrong. You know good from evil. You know sin from purity. God's going to hold you accountable. And if you die and you try to tell God, well, my mommy and daddy did, God's it's not going to pass with It's not going to fly with him. You're going to end up in a devil's hell if you don't trust the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm not trying to scare kids. I'm not trying to make the youth cry. I'm just telling you, if you're old enough and you know you're a sinner and you know that Jesus Christ if you don't know that Jesus Christ died for your sin and you think he just died for your parents' sin, 
you're missing the boat. Christ died for all. It was all of sin. Well, what about love and what about grace? Because Hallmark Baptist Church doesn't want to talk about sin. It doesn't make it right. Because someone is so soaked in sin. Because they're so evil and wicked in everything that permeates them. The grace of God and the love of God makes absolutely no sense to them. Until they realize how wicked and sinful that they actually are. When they realize how far gone they are, but God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Until mankind understands and comes to the realization that they are so far gone, they are not going to be able to take a hold of eternal life and appreciate love and grace. They're not. The same way a criminal. Now, this whole trial thing, the only people, you know, I've read something, the only people that are upset about the result of this trial with Kyle and, and all that is because they listen to the media and they haven't even, they haven't actually read the facts and listened to the witnesses. Because <laughs> uh, the media will tell you one thing, but the facts, I mean, it does give you some hope in our injustice. In, in I mean, that was, that was on my mind, so I said it, but if, if you're a criminal and all the evidence is against you and all the witnesses have seen you done do a high crime and you are guilty and you realize that you put an admission of guilt in and you know that you should receive the death sentence because you're so wicked. Now you're ready to appreciate grace and love. Because if that judge says, by grace, I am going to give you something that you don't deserve. And this lost and dying world needs to start thinking of themselves as high criminals against a holy God deserving of the death sentence. And the judge would be righteous. The judge would be holy and the judge would be just if he condemned you and locked you in a burning, fiery hell forever. But the grace of God. But God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now that lost man can appreciate grace. He can understand grace. He's ready for grace. He is not ready for grace if he doesn't see himself as a sinner. He doesn't recognize that he is in need of saving. And until he does, he doesn't understand grace. And so far, so, so much we put the cart before the horse. If man isn't guilty, he has nothing to be pardoned from. Why would he need a pardon of grace if he's not guilty? He needs to know that he's guilty. And then there will be a longing and an understanding and an appreciation of God's grace. Until then, 
mankind will just continue to profess himself to be wise. But there's only one wise God and Savior. Last verse, then we're done. Let's turn to Titus chapter 3. Then we are done. Titus chapter 3. Let's not forget. If you're saved. Let's not forget verse number 3. Titus chapter 3 verse 3. For we ourselves. Also were sometimes foolish. Disobedient, deceived, serving divers, lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Oh, but after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward men appeared. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Because there are none, really. But according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We can be justified by his grace. And if you're saved, you were, don't, don't forget, you were sometimes foolish. You were a foolish professor. I was a foolish professor. Ah, the kindness and love of God our Savior appear toward men. God's grace must be preached. God's grace is what saves. But we can't put the cart before the, to the horse. Man must know that he has committed crimes against God. And he is guilty. And Romans 1 is the, the indictment of man. He has to see how awful he is before he can appreciate and understand God's grace. All right. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.